wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a new old friend's year. Oh, so good. It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. And it's chapter 24 of Crimes Against Christmas. We should do a musical. Oh, watch this space. There we go. News right here. No, crack on. Okay. <laughs> what is behind the final window of our advent calendar furies? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Let's begin. Chapter 24. Pear-shaped. You're spot on with much of what you say, Miss Malawan, particularly the parts relating to the inheritance, and your emotion is touching. But I'm afraid there are still some holes in your story. On Crimine and Fructifina, you have me banged her rights. I used to work for the former, and the extinction of the latter greatly enhances the value of my precious little trinket. So, too, you have perfectly detailed my relationship to that god-bothering idiot Vickers, although I needn't have worried. The pious fool showed not even a flicker of recognition. I don't know if it was Michelle's breakdown or the weight of the rifle was simply starting to make itself uncomfortable, but as he spoke, Duplanus lowered the gun and began to pace across the lawn, heading at first away from the little orchard. But you're wrong to say I was a common con man. I was actually born to a good family, not a vast estate perhaps, but land rich with potential. Sadly, my parents died when I was quite young and I inherited all the family wealth as a callow teenager. But like all teenagers, I was an idiot and wasted all my money on wine, women and gambling. A wistful smile played across his face. Well, maybe not wasted. It was nice after all. But what was not so nice was being so up to my eyeballs in debt that I accepted a criminally low offer for my family's land from an unscrupulous American. Jeff Drummer. My comment briefly pulled the planners from his ambulatory reminiscences. Jeff with a J, Artridge. It really isn't hard. The man cheated me out of millions without a second thought. His death is the one I regret least of all. Except for Betty. She murdered so many meals that if anything she got off lucky. I do feel a bit bad about Missy. She wasn't named in the Duke's will and had done nothing to displease me, but I'd settled on this whole 12 days of Christmas wheeze and couldn't think of another way to do the eighth day. While I was obviously pleased from a professional perspective that I'd rightly identified the 12 day rationale at the heart of the murders, it did bring into focus the rather large question mark still hanging over proceedings. The fate of one P. Artridge. I'd been left out of Michelle's list and Duplanus hadn't mentioned me either. Was I perhaps just here as a final poetic flourish? You still don't know why you're here, do you, Artridge? You have me stumped, your lordship? Have we met? No, not in person at any rate. He'd reached the end of the lawn and turned back towards Michelle and I, a horrible smile visible in the starlight. When I sold everything to Drummer, I managed to keep hold of a series of priceless drawings by Richard Goetzel. At the mention of Goetzel, my stomach turned to stone. Richard Goetzel was an Austrian artist whose connections and story were of far more value than his art. That is, until he destroyed almost all of his work and committed suicide, sending the value of any remaining verifiable pieces skyward. He's not an especially talked about figure, and it's quite possible I would not have known him had I not been brought in by Sotheby's to examine a series of drawings purported to be his some time ago. Duplanis must have seen my recognition of the name. That's right. 
The same Goetzel, for whom it is said only eight drawings have survived, but here I was with a series of twelve. Their value would have been enough to save me from debt and allow me to keep at least my family home, if not the land. But the providence was questioned, and an art investigator was brought in who promptly declared there was not enough available evidence to proclaim them genuine. Thus was I fully ruined. I was just doing my job. I began to make the case for my defence, but the words dried in my mouth as I saw De Planis draw out a length of rope from the Hessian sack with one hand and the rifle once more aimed in my direction with the other. Don't bother, Artridge. It's all settled now. Drummer is dead, and even though I won't inherit this island, I can buy it and the drilling rights to the sea around it, which dear Jeff was quite excited about, all with the proceeds from my little bauble. Remind me, just how did Gertzel die? I didn't want to answer, but a thrust of the rifle got me talking. He committed suicide. Exactly. Now, I think I've come up with a rather satisfying way for this story to end. I've seen you strutting around. You think of yourself as a hero, don't you? Well, here's your chance. What do you mean, my chance to be a hero? I heard the catch in my voice and tasted the salt tang of tears, but I didn't realise I'd started crying. Come on now, you can save Michelle. If she swears to tell the authorities you were the murderer, it would actually be useful to me. Now, I want you to take this rope and tie it high up in that pear tree and hang yourself. I'd nothing left. My brain had given up trying to plot an escape. I took the rope because I could see that if I didn't, Michelle was going to kill me regardless. I didn't know whether or not he'd let Michelle live. Even if he did, I knew enough about police investigations to know that as the only survivor and witness, it would take a minor miracle for the guilt not to be laid at her feet. I turned to her, thinking I'd try to offer some small guidance to make her more credible with my sometime colleagues in the force. She'd sat up on the bench and was watching carefully as I took the rope from Deplanus. Stop! She suddenly cried out. I thought perhaps she was going to offer to trade her life for mine. My heart lifted, despite the fact I would, of course, have never have allowed such a thing. Nor would Deplanus either, I'm sure. But it was not an offer of reprieve, nor even a fond thank you for sacrificing myself so nobly. Lord Deplanus, don't you want to feel the revenge in your hands? Just throw the rope over that branch and hang him that way. We can tie it higher afterwards. I couldn't believe it. I suppose the girl was simply trying to curry as much favour with a death-crazed maniac as possible in order to secure her freedom, but still, it felt needlessly cruel. I cast her a hurt look, which she returned with a slight arch of the eyebrow. I read the encoded message in a heartbeat and sneered over my shoulder at Deplanis. Don't be silly, Michelle. He doesn't have the guts to do it himself. He's all poison and pushes in the back. He took the bait and swallowed it whole. Oh, don't I, Artridge? You underestimate me. Everyone has always underestimated me. Make a noose with that end. Never having had to do so before, I gave it my best effort. I basically employed a simple Windsor, but with a few extra loops. Deplanus jabbed me in the ribs again with his gun. Now, stick it around your neck and give me the other end. I pulled the rope over my head. The feel of the hemp against my throat was rough and terrifying. I looked again at Michelle, who stayed silent but screamed, trust me, with her eyes. Deplanus took the other end and with one hand threw it over the branch Michelle had indicated and looked back at her. You stay on that bench now, Miss Malawan. Any funny business and I can still shoot you both, remember? Stay nice and still and it'll all be over soon. You'll be free to leave tomorrow. I will. Then he dropped his rifle and pulled with all his strength upon the rope. I was lifted into the air, my hands clasped round the coil, my legs kicking out furiously in all directions. I dangled there, hearing the grunts of effort from Deplanus behind me. 
Had I misread Michelle's eyebrows? Now! What are you waiting for? Hit him now! Screamed Michelle, vocally, this time. The next thing I heard was an almighty whack behind me, and then the earth began flying upwards at great speeds. I greeted the ground's embrace with an ungainly splat of limbs and scrabbled to wrench the cord from my neck, gasping in great gulps of cold air. <sighs> well, you left that a little later than I would have liked. I looked up to see Michelle embracing a man swaddled in gaudy fabrics. I couldn't see his face, but he sounded as though he was in shock. I hit him, Duchess. I hit him really hard. As I brought my own breath back to more normal levels, I could hear the low moaning coming from Duplanus's crumpled form. You did what you had to do. He'll be fine, said Michelle, planting a kiss upon his cheek. Well, until the police get hold of him anyway. I staggered to my feet. Who was this mystery man? My mind was swimming. I tried to marshal the information as it appeared to me. Swathes of coloured fabric, a floppy fez-type hat. Well, these were the old Duke's clothes. But Richard was dead, wasn't he? Then the figure turned to face me. Turtle! My voice was cracked and scratchy. Every syllable hurt, but I couldn't believe my eyes. I saw Duplanus shoot you. No, Mr. Archridge. You saw him shoot a statue of me. He beamed at me. Not quite, Terry. It was a statue of an ancestor of yours, which we dressed up in your suit. Right, yeah, that. I've actually written a little something for the occasion. He cleared his throat and adopted what I now understood to be his poetry pose. Happy Merry Christmas, Mr. Pete Artridge. Love flows from my soul like ink from the cartridge. I don't want to dwell, but we could have been felled. Heard the death bells now and had a forced farewell, but we defused the bombshell. Refused the death spell. Me strong as a statue, Michelle, and you safe as well. I guess what I'm saying is I'll always remember the gift of today, 25th of December. I clapped my hands like an overeager seal. I enjoyed Turtle's poem and was pleased to hear a finished one, but I was most impressed by Michelle's plan and how cleverly they had executed it. I told them so. Michelle explained she'd figured out the planners had faked his own murder to give himself the perfect alibi to roam the island at will. Then, when she saw the duck whistle, she realised there must be at least some hunting gear on the island, which meant de Planus was armed, and so she had to think of a way to disarm him. She hit upon the falsifying of Turtle's death as a perfect counterpart to the planet's own pseudocide. I was far too relieved to be alive to take offence at having been used at a pawn in her game and embraced her warmly. Oi, easy mate, objected Turtle. I need to speak with her. I got something I want to ask. I dutifully stepped away, an inkling as to what this pressing question might be. What is it, Terry? Michelle faced Turtle, tucking her hair behind her ears with nothing written on her face but love and confusion. She had no clue where Turtle was going with this, but I believe I did. Well, if I understood all that right, I think I'm the Duke now, right, Archridge? Assuming it all checks out and I have no reason to doubt it, you're correct. Your Grace. The look of utter bafflement Michelle gave me confirmed that for this moment at least your chum Archridge was one step ahead of her. Turtle went down onto one knee and her mouth fell open wide as he spoke. You've always been my duchess, duchess. But now I'm asking if you'll be my wife and an actual duchess. Michelle, will you marry me? Of course, Michelle said yes, and their first act as a betrothed couple was to march Edward de Planus back to the house at the end of his gun. I knew the perfect place to incarcerate him for the evening and led them to the kitchen to a certain cupboard. With him safely ensconced inside, I got a small fire going in the blackened hearth and sat watch, armed with the rifle, while the young lovers did whatever it is young lovers do. 
The snowfall didn't last more than a couple of hours, so when morning came it brought Brenda and the boat, which thankfully had a radio on board so the authorities weren't long in arriving and taking my prisoner into custody. The rest of it all moved fairly swiftly. It turned out that old Duke Richtenstein had kept a diary, which meant it wasn't too difficult to prove that Terry Dove was his rightful heir. A couple of months of legal wrangling and the entire estate was in the possession of the young Duke of Richtenstein. Terry and Michelle didn't plan to live on the island themselves, too many macabre memories, but also resisted the urge to drill for oil or gas or whatever it was Drummer had told to plan as was under that water, and instead turned it into a sanctuary for seabirds. Thankfully, no swans, geese, hens, doves or partridges, though. Meanwhile, the newly noble Richtenshans live a handsome life in London, having sold off enough of the art collection to enjoy a comfortable standard of living. In mid-April, a handful of weeks after the legal conferment of the Duchy of Richtenshan to Turtle, and a few weeks before their wedding, the happy couple invited me to their temporary home at the Savoy while their new place was being renovated. Michelle said they wanted to give me a gift, to thank me for my selfless act of sacrifice that night in the pear tree. After all, I hadn't known it was a setup. I must confess, my mind instantly conjured up the image of that naughty little Wedgwood Jasper I'd so admired over Christmas. So it was a slight disappointment when Turtle handed me a box no bigger than six by three inches. The letdown was short-lived, however, when I opened it to reveal the utterly faultless jeweled orb within, the Fabergé Bauble. We just heard from the lawyers. There is no one left in Russia with a claim. So it's all yours, Mr. Artridge, said a beaming Michelle. Yeah, Turtle chipped in. Happy Easter! The End it. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've loved making it. Thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you. Thank you so much. We are out on tour in the new year with our next show, Crimes Camera Action, another comedy thriller, this time set in the world of film noir and Hollywood glamour. Ooh. I know. It's very funny. You can keep up with everything we're doing on our social media and our website, newoldfriends.co.uk. But until then, stay safe, stay positive, and have a Merry Christmas. Here's to 2021 being a brighter year. Indeed. Bye-bye.